The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Hydrox and Oreo cookies of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is definitely the underappreciated original, Josh. I am going to ask the same question I always do, but I, I feel like I know the answer. How are you doing? I could be better. <laughs> so apologies for all the laughter that That's okay. the episode, but there's a specific reason for that. Uh, Josh, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Just, nothing at all? Uh, it's been an interesting weekend. Um, you know, I tried to be a... What's the right word? I... I tried to be a capable human being and do some handiwork around the house. Okay. <laughs> you know, we have we had a new um, sink, so we wanted to install it. So we were installing. It's just it's kind of crazy. Every time we start a project in this house, it's it's a it's it's a, an adventure, and we are trying to. My father's helping me. We're trying to get this bolt out. That just one bolt. We got the whole thing done. There's one bolt or nut. There's one nut, sorry. But the bolt is so long to where mm-hmm. the nut is that you can't get in. We're under a sink, so there's no lever. I can't get anywhere. Right. So we kept, we kept trying all these different ways. So I, got, I, I finally got this wrench under there, and, then put, and I got it nice and tight, and I'm pushing it as hard as I can, and I'm pushing and I'm pushing. We can't get this thing to budge, and then as I'm using as much muscle as I have the wrench slips off the nut my my ring finger shoots into a, a metal silver clip that's holding the sink in uh, and it just shoots right underneath my knuckle and my and my ring finger not the knuckle knuckle but the finger knuckle right right uh, the big one not the small one and it didn't seem that bad actually i, di- I didn't even notice it just kind of was like, ugh, you know, you're like, ugh, you're mad, and you, like, right. banged your hand. Like, this cuts all over my hand from that, like, project, and then it starts bleeding. I'm like, oh, well, I should probably bandage it up. Put a Band-Aid on it, go right back to work on it. <laughs> Four hours oh, later, my fingers swelled, swelling to the size of my thumb, and, you know, uh, we just kept it in bandage for the night, woke up in the morning through a night of excruciating pain where I didn't sleep at all. And then, uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't spin my ring anymore. I couldn't move it up and down on my finger. Um, and my whole finger was swollen. So I did what a normal person does, and I iced it to, yeah. you know, to to lower the swelling. And every part of my hand uh, uh, de-swelled, I guess is the word, except for, you know, my knuckle, which was, <laughs> it looked like a mountainous valley, like a right. mountain range, just like... Uh, so I had to go to urgent care and um, they had to cut my wedding ring off. But I'll tell you what, 
They didn't want to, which right. I appreciate, kind of, because okay. by the time when I went to urgent care, my finger was no longer bleeding. Right. The wound had relatively closed itself. Right. This woman was so determined to get my ring off my finger. She pulled and spun that ring so hard that it literally just cracked my whole knuckle open. And I was oh, just no. bleeding everywhere. <laughs> and then when she's like, I don't think it's going any further. And I said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> she's like, so you agree we should cut it off? I said, yeah, the ring, right? <laughs> Not the finger. Not, Not the, the finger. finger. And then she came back in with another nurse who was like, I'll give it a shot. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and then she tried, but with dish soap. So she just literally poured dish soap on my open wound and tried pulling the ring over this mountain his knuckle <laughs> now i'm not a smart person like i i 100 admit that the picture you sent mm. i looked at that and immediately said like i didn't know that any of this they tried to remove your ring i in looking at that picture i don't even know why you would think that was a possibility right it wasn't like <laughs> like when i looked at that and now you're telling me they tried i don't even like these are nurses. These people are well educated. Yeah, they. Just... How did they ever think this was gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And Kevin messaged me, and he's like, "Oh, the, your finger looked rough." And I was like, "That picture that I sent doesn't even show how bad it, it looks. Way like tamer in the picture." I was like, "No, it's, right. people aren't gonna think there's anything wrong with me because no, the picture, picture didn't do gnarly. justice." Yeah, it was. It was gnarly. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I didn't lose my finger. My cousin texted me. He's like, did you lose your finger? And I'm like, no, I still got it. I have a splint. I got to keep taking care of it. I got to go check up with a hand specialist this week. I got x-rays, all that fun stuff. That is fun. And that's why all the laughter at the beginning of the episode yeah. is because I usually do a <laughs> countdown and have us clap. And then we both realized, I think, at the same time that Josh really wasn't going to be able to clap. I went to clap. And then, <laughs> I know. Work. You did. It was good. It worked. <laughs> but I, I don't know why we both found that so funny, but we did. It was very so, funny. Gotcha. Well, I got to imagine then this is impacting your gaming ability quite a bit. Yeah, I can't hold the controller. I tried already. <laughs> I tried like the first thing I tried was to see if I could hold the game controller. And I played I played Grand Theft Auto with Lucas last night with my finger. Really? The way it was. And I was like, uh, I have to use the controller because I can't type on the keyboard. <laughs> I can't use WASD. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. The things you do for gaming. But yeah, I guess I'm, I'm kind of out for the week at least for video games unfortunately you know what you could maybe try to do oh i guess it really wouldn't work because you still have to hold the controller with the one hand because there are people oddly enough and i i probably other first person shooters they play it this way too but i've only really noticed it ever with overwatch that they play controller mouse oh yeah yeah so they have like the controller for like their for the WASD part yeah but then they use the mouse for everything else oh interesting yeah which it is interesting. I think there might be... Hmm, I don't know if there's a pro who plays that way, but I know there are at least people on the Contenders series, which is like one level below who play that way. So. Yeah. But interesting. Well, Josh, I'm sorry to hear about your finger. Uh, I'm glad you're still with us tonight, though. But this... So would if you were, yeah. you know, an athlete, would this be like a 15-day DL thing? Or like how long do you think you're going to be out for? Well, I... I, I, <laughs> I was very... I was in, I was in good spirits. And and so everyone who treated me was as well, uh-huh. which is a nice bonus. Um, so I mentioned to them, like we talked about my work and, and stuff, and I was like, ah, oh, it just means I'll take it easy. And then she like ran out of the room and wrote me up this nice like light duty doctor's note. So nice. I pretty much can kind of skate through this week 
The problem is I'm supposed to take my son to this big wa- indoor water park on Wednesday, yeah. and I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm happy I, I have a finger. I'm happy that I'm I'm healthy-ish, and uh, you know it could it could have been a lot worse. I just have to you know suck it up and and deal with this pain I'm dealing with now. You know I got to admit, Josh, when you told me that, and we didn't talk about this before because I wanted pure reactions from the podcast. Yeah. When you told me that you slept all night with this, yeah, my like when I saw the picture today, I assumed it happened today, and you just went immediately. Oh, no. <laughs> nope. Because I, Josh, I just want you to know, had that happened to me that night, I would have been in urgent care or the emergency room if I had to, being like, "This really hurts." Ouch! Somebody help me. I consider it <laughs> because that is the type of person I am. Pain and I do not get along well. Mostly, I don't like pain at all. Yeah, if I can do something to prevent pain. Uh, I tried to do that. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, I definitely told them when they were working, like they were they were going to town on my finger, and they kept asking me, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm okay." I was like, "Sometimes I'm I can be like it's not too bad, and then sometimes I'm a real big baby about things." But I think that's like for me, it's like cold and flu is really bad for oh, me. Oh, gotcha. Because I just don't like feeling like that. But they they taking my finger, the ring off my finger, having my like using a tool like a dremel right. to cut this and they're putting so much pressure yeah that, like that part was a little rough but yeah i got through I, it. <laughs> that's good that's good and part of it too is i have a finger on my right hand that i broke uh twice actually once Ooh. right above the knuckle one right below the knuckle and as a result of that the knuckle on my finger uh, is huge. It's just massive. Yeah. Um, and it really, really hurts. Like when there's weather change. Like I feel like a very old person. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. when it's weather it's changes, rain. it really hurts. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, are you left-handed or are you right-handed? I'm right-handed. Okay. Well, at least you got that going for you. Yes. Although oh. you, I definitely do notice uh, how many things I do that require my left hand. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. Well, we will get along with the show here. Thanks for indulging us. And please send your well wishes to Josh on Twitter. I am certain he would appreciate it. And I would appreciate it if you do that as well. A little housekeeping before we get into the full show. Metaspring is going on right now. By the time you listen to this episode, it is the last week you can enter. So please go ahead and do that. Bitly slash Metaspring. B-I-T dot L-Y slash M-E-T-A-S-P-R-I-N-G. All lowercase. Entries are due by this Sunday, which would be the 8th, so please make sure you get those in before midnight Sunday night, uh, going into Monday, so 11.59 p.m. Sunday night. Make sure you get those entries in. We'd love to have you participate. we got a good number of people already entered, uh, but we'd always take some more. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell everyone. Enter Metaspring, win some awesome prizes. As always, thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter. Or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share what we do with someone else who you think would enjoy the show. And as a small note, there might be a few changes coming to the Patreon, so be on the lookout for that. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. 
So Josh, it's been a couple weeks actually, almost since we recorded. Yeah, we recorded some things early, <laughs> and we got a little break for us, but we also wanted to make sure listeners got their regular content. So it's going to be a little bit of a mishmash episode because we're going to talk a little bit about what we're playing, and we're going to cover some of the most recent news that's been pretty big in both worlds. Uh, but we're going to start with what we've been playing. So Josh, what have you gotten to your tabletop recently? So last weekend, I believe, yeah, last weekend, there was a board game convention uh, locally, TotalCon. I don't remember what number, 27 maybe, or 57, something like that. Uh, that is the convention that I first met Emerson uh, at mm-hmm. uh, last year. And so they didn't cancel or delay this because of worries of flu? No, they did not. Or coronavirus, excuse me. They did not. Okay. Um, but who knows? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to even speculate. Uh <laughs> So, uh, Emerson was there again this year, and uh, we, I reached out with him via email um, to see what was going on. I actually showed up on Saturday to meet him, and they were sold out. I couldn't even get in, Dang, <laughs> which yo. was really funny. So, he, he, you know, he went out of his way to make sure that, um, that I was able to get in Sunday, and I did. And uh, honestly, we just kind of hung out, which was really weird and cool. Uh, and I went uh, with him, and uh, I actually ran into him as he was checking out. Uh, and I saw I saw um, um, Stephen Bonacore there at the checkout also, oh. <laughs> which was very bizarre. Um, so he gave us a copy of uh, Century Eastern Wonders, which we gave away uh, over social media. Yep. So congratulations to the winner on that. Uh, and that was very nice of Emerson to do that. It was. Thank you, Emerson. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, so then we went in and we met up with some of his friends and we were taught Taverns of Teventhal, I believe is how it's pronounced. I could be wrong. It is a Wolf Game Warsh game uh, from Northstar Games. And if you've played Quacks of Quedlinburg, it has some similar elements to that. Um, basically building on like uh, drafting elements from that game. Uh, but basically what you do is everyone has a tavern and uh, you have, you're recruiting patrons and you're also getting special abilities. Uh, essentially the way it works is you have two forms of currency. You have coins and you have beer. So uh, beer brings people to your tavern uh, and coins uh, buy patrons. Uh, etc. And I could be mixing that up, but essentially you use those things to get people into your tavern. Uh, And they have value to them and you're trying to get uh, the most points as you're uh, progressing through the rounds. There's a lot of rounds um, and something happens each round. Either either you get a new uh, patron, I'll call them, to, to your deck and every time you get a buy a card or get one it goes on the top of your draw pile which is nice so you always get that card uh, in your next turn so to speak um you also have uh, you start your tavern with like a basic set of um it uses dice management so you're rolling dice uh so you also place your dice in your tavern and you can upgrade parts of your tavern as well to get you know more benefits or add a chair to to be able to allow for more guests to come in. Um, and the way it works is each player rolls four white dice and they put them onto like a coaster, like similar to the Azul uh, show uh, floor tiles. 
And after you roll your dice, you draft one of your dice, and then all your dice move Seven Wonders style to the player to your left. So you're constantly getting, you're going to get four different, if you're playing four players, four different dice from everyone who rolled. So each person's dice. So you have to be careful how you draft your dice because certain numbers only work for certain guests and uh, built like um, certain numbers only work for producing beer, etc. So you also have to be careful with that. You can also level up part of your tavern where you can roll your own colored dice with the four dice you roll. So if I'm blue, I can roll one or more, depending on what I have, blue dice. So then I get to play the blue dice that I rolled and a white die at the start of my turn and then move them around. Uh, You also have options where you earn different um, styles of drinks where you can spend them to use an ability that you get during the game. So someone might... um, Allow you can kill a patron that is like a lower value patron that doesn't do anything for you. Um, and it costs two of this drink. I'm forgetting what the drink is called. Um, but essentially, if you've played Quacks, it works the same as Rubies, where you sacrifice two and you can do a, f- a few different things depending on your options. Emerson was stacking up his things and he used like six of them at once to do something, but he did it at the last round of the game. So it didn't seem like it was going to pay off, but I looked down at the tracker and he was like light years ahead of everybody else. I mean, it was his first time playing. So I'll I'll say it was very interesting watching a game designer like Emerson play a board game Mm -hmm. um, and listening to the questions he asks and then then essentially watching how he plays. He's a very – he was very – I know this is not a review of the board game. It's a review of Emerson. (laughs) He was very – um, quick to act. In fact, like he was ending his turn as soon as like he got his fourth dice selection, but other people are still going. So he was like very quick to be like, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. And I think that speaks to his games a lot, like how they play. Cause this game was long. I think we, we played for like two hours and that was being taught by someone who knows exactly how to play the game. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It's a heavier game. I don't know what the rating is on BGG. I should probably look it up. Um, but for me, it seemed heavy, not really knowing. Because it's just, there's so many options. It can be a little overwhelming. Um, it's part of my clicky clackies. Taverns of tea. There we go. Um, so there's a lot of choices and strategy. Everyone that we played with had a different strategy. It's a 2.58. So I think that's like what medium approaching medium yeah. weight. Yeah, I mean medium is considered a, th- three. a three is a medium weight. I think. Yeah. yeah. So it's rated seven point seven on BGG. Um, it's four twenty two overall, which is a very solid rating. Two thirty five really in strategy. Yeah. Um, it's very um, good looking game as mm-hmm. well. Um, so yeah, if you can find it, it goes for fifty bucks. If you can find it. I would say like thirty to forty dollar range. I would say that's a definite buy. I don't know if I'm in at fifty. Gotcha. Uh, but there's a lot to it, so I definitely see the value in the you know the price point. But um, yeah, I mean, my, I could have played any game and I would have been really happy. Like seeing, like getting to spend time with Emerson, and like we did talk a little bit about Metal Gear. Uh, he said he he will come back on. 
when uh, things are more solid with Metal Gear. Okay. Uh, but he was shocked that I hadn't played it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you've never taught me, Emerson. Like, <laughs> teach me. <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit. And then he bit. didn't have it, did he? No, he, uh, he might have had it. Uh, he, oh. he had... This is what I think is really funny and, and so interesting about Emerson. Mm-hmm. He... He, I met him, and he's. I said, you know, what have you been playing? And he's like, oh, going around the show floor, playing games. He's like, uh, I, I have two prototypes with me. And he's like, one of them I just came up with Monday. Because on Sunday night, I played the game just one. And then I made yeah. a new game on Monday. And I was oh, like, okay. okay. And he's like, yeah, it's just one. But with a trader, and I was like, "Oh, you sneaky!" <laughs> and he's like, "Maybe if we have enough people, we'll play it." And, but I had to go um, because I had met up with him late, so I ended up having to leave before we could play another game. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, uh, it was really funny that like he came up with something like that. And no, don't steal. If you're listening to this, don't steal that idea. Right. Should well, I, have, I mean, he played should it. I have even said that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he's playing it with people at shows, right? That's right. So it's fine. Yeah, that's right. So people know about so. it. So. And we talked uh, a little okay. bit about Foundations of Rome as well. Oh, you did? What did he have to say about Foundations of Rome? Um, he was just talking about the challenges of, uh, of basically how big this game has become. Right. And they're still basically like playtesting a lot of stuff. And his friends that were there like were asking me why I backed it and what did I thought about the game. So I kind of was complimenting him while he's sitting across from me. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was weird. But I, you know, I kind of just, you know, same thing. Like the thing that I love about Emerson is... Well, one of the things uh, as he has relatively like maybe on the face complicated games, but he makes them very easy to understand. Uh, right, right, play. right. I agree, hundred so percent. That's one of the big draws for uh, Foundations of Room for me. Definitely, for sure. Um, I was gonna say so. Taverns of Teeth and Fall. Uh, it says it's sixty minutes. Are you saying no way, even with four players who know what they're doing? Um. So here's the the thing about the game, very much like Quacks, they expect you to play simultaneously. Ah, uh, okay. And, and that's challenging. If you're playing simultaneously, yeah, I mean, okay, okay, sixty minutes sounds right, but I don't know that there's a like Emerson was trying to play simultaneously and it wasn't working out because everyone else was take like so far behind. Um, mm. So even if you're playing simultaneously, I think. Uh, yeah, 60 is probably pushing it, but maybe 60 to 90 minutes. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask you, so Wolfgang Warsh, if you had to guess, Josh, yeah, because I was looking this up, because his name has definitely have been all over the place lately. How many games, now this will include expansions, because obviously Board Game Geek lists expansions separately. Yeah. How many games do you think that released in 2018 or 2019? Uh-huh. Does he have his name on as a designer? Now, granted, he might not be the only designer. Yeah. But how many different entries on Board Game Geek between 2018 and 2019 have his name on it for designer? Well, I know he had a big year in 2018. I'm going to say, so we have Gone Shown Clever, um, and we have the sequel, Tuplet Von Clever, or something like that. Um, double, double the Clever, or whatever. Um uh, we have Quacks, we have the Quacks expansion, we have the Mind, the game, uh, uh, Taverns, maybe nine? Eighteen. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, that's half right. <laughs> yeah, he is apparently a busy, busy person. My goodness, because I knew it was going to be a lot. I didn't realize it was going to be 18 games. Hey, good for him. <laughs> that is great. And and many of them, you know, if you t- think about Quacks, uh, 
and you know Gonshan Cleaver and the mind, like everything he has done. If you think of somebody who has had a better kind of two years span, yeah, you know, I think it'd probably be tough to think of someone who has has had a better two year span there. But uh, anything else board game related you want to talk about? Anything else that you played? No, I picked up I picked up the um, Villainous expansion today at Target after, oh, very cool. after I left <laughs> the urgent care. I had ordered it in the morning, so I was like, oh, I'll go pick it up. <laughs> right. Um, um, and there was there was a few games on uh, Amazon that were on sale from Deepwater Games, so I picked up Roundhouse, which showed up today, and then I have Sorcerer's Stone coming tomorrow. Sorcerer's Stones coming tomorrow. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, uh, hopefully we'll get some games to the table um, this weekend or next weekend. Gotcha. Very cool. Uh, I've been playing a lot of things that I've already talked about on this podcast. That's okay. To be totally transparent. Uh, the partner was gone at a conference. She actually got back earlier today. And she always brings games with her. But before we go, we always kind of replay the game she's bringing just to make Smart. sure that, she, you know, she's confident in the rules. And uh, just because some of them are games we haven't played in, in literally years that sometimes go. Um, so the big things that we spent the most time in uh, were we played Okie Dokie some more. Uh, Okie Dokie, just a little cooperative card game. Uh, I think it's two to five players, if I recall correctly. And it might even be one to five. But either way. Uh, and you're just kind of trying to build this series of numbers from left to right. You're trying to go from 1 to 10 in five different colors. Um, and you can't say, like, I have the three of or the red three or the green three or anything like that. But you can talk about, oh, I really feel strong about my ability to play in green and things like that. But you have to go from lowest to highest. Uh, you can reset them, uh, the rows to in order to kind of get them back to zero. There are some equals cards to make things easier, um, but you can only ever reset one row each round, which is the important thing. So you have to have, there's each, and each row can only be reset two times. So you can't just spend things as often as you want to. And if you figure that you have 10 numbers, uh, so you have 10 rounds, so you have two resets with five colors. So if you want to use all of your resets, you really have to reset something every round, basically. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of, if you need to, but you don't necessarily need to do that, but it's just trying to make sure you're using those well. Uh, it's a really fun game. It's not a game that people talk about very often, and I don't totally know why. We don't also don't play it that often, but every time I play it, I have fun with this game. So I, I don't know maybe why it doesn't have the appeal when it comes to, you know, a simple, easy card game that I think fits in things with, like, Red 7 and kind of all of those just simple, quick filler games. I just really like it. So... Uh, if you're looking for an inexpensive game, the art is kind of interesting. The theme is a little interesting, <laughs> um, but and the name, I mean, it's Okie Dokie. Like, yeah, I don't, you know, maybe not the most uh, grabbing name there, but it's just really fun. Uh, so I definitely feel, you know, if you're looking for something inexpensive and a quick, easy card game, it's an easy recommend. Uh, the other game that we played was Century Golem Edition, just because, man, I just really, really like that game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I don't have too much more to say about it because I've definitely talked about it before. Yeah. The only thing I will say is it was very nice going back to it. This was a game that I could immediately get right back into. I haven't played it in a few months, and there really was not even much reading of the rules that needed to happen. It just kind of came back really quickly once you started playing it. Uh, the Golem Edition components are so good looking. Um, and I think part <laughs> I think part of the reason I really like this game, it's one of the few games I can consistently beat my partner. <laughs> <laughs> and usually pretty pretty poor like I usually beat her pretty bad. Uh so I don't know why that is, but um it's a game that 
yeah, I, I always I tend to do pretty well, and then I appreciate that. So uh, that's pretty much what I've gotten to the table the last couple of weeks. We have rolled into March now, though. So to keep with my New Year's resolution, I am going to have to play a new game this month. Uh, and I think that will easily be accomplished. Uh, got Spirit Island over the weekend, or the partner did when she was at her conference, as well as Orleans. So a couple games to uh, get to the table here soon, and I want to with both of those. Also looking to hopefully finish up Machi Koro Legacy, uh, and then... You know, I have a shelf of, you know, 50 games still in plastic, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely things to get to, but that's kind of what I have been playing on my board game table. Josh, what have you been playing on your television, sir? Oh, well, the theme is what's old is new, right? That's, that's right. the thing I used to hate on all the time. Uh, now, that's a little bit of a mix of, of some new and old, but uh, I, I we talked last time and I said I was about to start Frozen Wilds, and I thought it was yep. just like a side quest. It's not... It's, Huge. There's so yeah. much to Frozen Wilds. Uh, but I finished uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Frozen Wilds. I, would, I do want to say, it's, I don't know where this started from, but I've been noticing on t- my Twitter, a lot of people are jumping into Horizon finally, and that makes me so happy to see. Yeah, I wonder why that is. There is a lot of people, now that you say that, I've seen who are playing this game now. Yeah, and I'm not sure why either. It's not like, well, it just said it's third anniversary. That is true. Um, so maybe people jumped on it for, for that reason. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, Frozen Wilds, uh, very compelling story. Shockingly, a little like full side. Qu- it's it's it is a proper expansion. It feels like you're walking into just like a side quest e area, mm-hmm. um, but it's a full area. There's a a very compelling story. There is a new boss that rivals that just is way harder than the Thunderjaw. Uh, and uh, there was one part where I had to take down five of them, which was insane. Um, even with my we my um, um, weaver armor, shield weaver right. armor, it was still difficult. Which So I liked that because I kind of like breeze through New Game Plus for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was challenging and fun and, uh, and engaging. So I had a really fun time playing that. I think I wrapped up all the side quests for Frozen Wilds. So now all I have left is the side quests I didn't do on my playthrough for the basic game. So I'm not sure if I'm going to keep on chipping away at that or if I'm just going to let it lay for a little bit. Um, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto Five with Lucas. We're trying to do a steady once a week um play where I don't just shoot at cops and try to get us killed every time mm-hmm. and play seriously. So we have our own custom characters and we're playing GTA online. Uh, I'm just having a lot of fun playing with Lucas. It's, it's been a blast. And uh, um, kind of like when we play games together, like it's like a hangout as well. Right. Uh, so it's, it's nice to have that um, when my wife cancels on board game night with me, like she does every <laughs> week. Um I, I played, so I have Humble Bundle uh, that I do on the PC. Uh, so I have a game that was included in Game Pass, but now I technically own. Well, now I do own it, uh, which is Two Point Hospital. So I jumped into that briefly after we played Grand Theft Auto. Um, and I didn't really play the theme park games. Um, mm-hmm. I was more of The Sims or Sim City, but I do, I am familiar with like, uh, one of the theme games, and I can't remember what it was. But uh, essentially, this is Theme Hospital, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It it plays really well so far. I like the um, animation. I like the design options. Um, uh, 
so far I've only built a few parts of the hospital and I'm learning about how it works, um, but it's a lot of fun. So if you've played any of the, like the theme games, theme park or theme hospital or whatever else they made, it, I feel like it'll be right up your alley. Um, I don't know how people play it on console. I'm playing it on PC and right. the controls just, I can't imagine having to do what I'm doing on a console <laughs> uh, comfortably, at least like enjoyably. So right. Uh, it's definitely made for PC. Yeah, maybe Switch. I heard compliments on the Switch version. If it's touchscreen, I can see that working. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then I played Pathfinder Kingmaker, which I, apparently was a Kickstarter game. Um, mm. And it is a RPG uh, in the likes of uh, like Divinity-ish. Uh, you can create your own character and you go through the whole Pathfinder like RPG creating your character thing, or you can choose a pre-made character. Gotcha. Um, so far it's been really fun. There's uh, you actually, you have to use like dexterity checks if you want to get past certain rooms. Um, but it plays like a Baldur's Gate meets a divinity type of game. Okay. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that so far playing that on PC. I think it's only on PC. Um, and then inspired by Luke lore and some people online, um, the new Battlefront 2 um, update came out last week, and people were just mm -hmm. talking about how much they're enjoying this game. So I thought I would give it another shot, because keep, people keep saying it's changed so much. Well, I don't really think it was all that bad. I mean, obviously the microchanges and stuff was not good, Yeah, but the actual gameplay really wasn't that bad when this game came out. I, I agree. Didn't think. I agree. It's a little samey for me. It doesn't... Yeah, like Overwatch continuously feels different to me. Even Call of Duty mm -hmm. or Apex, uh, Star Wars, it always felt very samey. Um, but anyway, so I jump in, I install it, and I I start playing one night after work. So I I put it on at like ten o'clock. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh oh, it still has my campaign. I didn't even finish that campaign. Oh, so I was like, I well, did. to get familiar with like the controls, I'll I'll do some campaign things. Yeah. So. I jumped into the campaign. I'm still amazed at how poorly the campaign is written. Um, <laughs> and uh, some of the facial an the animations for characters are, are horrific compared to... Like, you can't put a pile of crap on screen next to a golden nugget. That's what happens sometimes. Your main right, character right. looks great, and you're surrounded by amorphous blob characters. <laughs> um, it has a lot of drop-in, drop-out textures, which is still frustrating uh for right. like for the character models so i played that for a little bit i did a couple of chapters and then i was like okay it's eleven thirty. i should at least play a multiplayer uh thing before i go to bed so i was looking at all the modes i didn't really know what i wanted to jump into so right on the main page was supremacy and i was like oh mm -hmm. i'll try that okay and like i didn't remember what it was i don't um but when i start started playing i did uh it was on geonesis i think is the planet uh, and it looked stunning. It looked awesome. Um, right. I was on the droid team. Okay. Uh, we were going against um, stormtroopers. So I was on the good uh -huh. the good droids before they're bad clones. Um, so Supremacy works. It's basically control of the battlefield, um, which is similar to the battlefield game um, of a war theater. Right, mode. right, right. Um, so what you do is it's like a tug of war. So you start on a neutral map, the first map. If the bad guys win, you move to a you you essentially retreat and they attack you more. And then if you lose that, you actually retreat one more and mm -hmm. then they attack you there. And then if they defeat you there, you you know, you lose. But right. but what happens is you defeat them maybe once, 
then they defeat you, so you're back in neutral. And then maybe right. you defeat them twice, but then they defeat you twice, and then you're back in neutral. And then they defeat you, and then you defeat them. Right. This this game lasted two and a half hours. Are you serious? I was playing until 2 a.m. I was so glad that we finally lost because I just assumed my whole team quit. <laughs> my lord. I couldn't believe it. I mean, for the most part, I had a lot of fun. Right. Uh, I did. The only reason why I didn't quit is because I didn't want to uh-huh. lose. I didn't know if I would lose my experience if I did. Right. So I didn't want to do that. Wow, but two and a half hours. It was a grind, and I and I was trying to. <laughs> it took me like an hour to figure out what was going on, like why right. this wasn't moving. <laughs> right, right, right. Um. So yeah. Um. But I got to play as actually. Yeah, I was the bad guys. The stormtroopers are the good guys because I got to play as Darth Maul a few times. Uh, and General Grievous. And Bosk, and um, like that's cool. Like, I was earning these experience points to unlock the hero or villain characters. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I was more proficient with the droids than I was with the villains, but it was nice to be able to play them every once in a while. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, I still think I'm I'm gonna keep playing Battlefront to be honest with you. Um, but I will be very cautious about when I play Supremacy again. Uh, if I want to play for that long again, I will make sure that I have the time and I'm not playing till 2 a.m. on a right. work night. Wow. <laughs> that is, wow, that is so long. Yeah, it was a long, 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 long match. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever played one match of multiplayer or anything that lasted that long. Me neither. And I can understand sticking in it because you don't want to lose the experience, but I can't imagine that it feels very good after playing something for two and a half hours to lose. I wanted to lose at that point because <laughs> we we kept going back and forth. I'm like, oh man, well someone just needs to make some headway, and I don't care if we lose at this point. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can see that. I just man, and I think that because that's so such what they talk about when it comes to uh, you know uh, battle royales, right? Is that you win faster, you lose fast, and if you lose, if you or you say you lose fast, it's not a big deal because there wasn't a lot of time invested, so it's not a big deal. And the longer the game lasts, like the better you did. Yeah. So even if you let you know you get knocked out after ten minutes, oh, I did way better than if I got knocked out after two minutes. But man, two and a half hours just to then be like, well, you, you just lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have preferred to win, but like at that point, if it wasn't two a.m. and it was like eleven, I would have probably been right. upset that we lost. But yeah, no, I can understand that. I can understand that. Yeah. Awesome. Any other video games or things that you've been playing you want to talk about? I don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, For me, I've been playing a couple of different things because I have really had a hard time focusing on any video games that I have been trying to play. I don't know what the deal is. I'm just really – and it's not that I'm having not having fun with the games that I'm playing. I'm just really having a very hard time staying put, playing a game through to completion or even close to completion. Uh, So I've kind of been bouncing around. But – uh, I did pick up Greedfall, which is a game I've been looking at for a long time since it came out. So, hey, by the way, you have Greedfall on PlayStation, just Hooray. so you know. Um, I, I wasn't going to buy it, but then I figured, because I figured in the next two months, this game's probably going to be on Game Pass. Uh, but I was like, eh, trophies. <laughs> so I just, and it was on Super Sale, so I just went ahead and got it. Um, Greedfall is a RPG from the developer Spiders, uh, published by Focus Home Interactive. came out last September. Uh, it is an action role-playing game, and... 
What I will say is the setting of this game is one of the coolest settings in a game that I maybe have ever played. Because you are traveling to this island paradise that has been quote-unquote discovered by colonial forces. But uh, there are obviously people who already live there. So then it is you trying to uh, maintain your relationships because you represent one of the nations. And you're trying to maintain your positive relationships with two other nations that have also landed there. Along with the folks who's like, hey, we've lived here for a long time. Thanks for showing up. So you're trying to balance all of these things and maintain relationships and do what's best for you and your allies. But it makes things complicated as you're thinking about the best way to go ahead and work with each of these groups. Do you want to lie to them? Do you want to align yourself with them? Because every decision that you make has uh, improves or destabilizes, if you want to look at it that way, your relationships with these groups. So, you know, the natives who are living there and inhabiting that land already, do you want to try to help them uh, ensure that they can maintain their traditions and their land? You know, you have two other factions, like I said, that you're working with. Is there one that you want to align yourself with? One of them is very religious-based and the other is very science-based. So then it kind of puts you into these conundrums of which ones do you work with or which ones do you not work with? Do you choose, you know, to align with one or do you kind of pick and choose what's going to be a better options for you? Do you lie to them? Because you can totally lie and say, oh, yeah, I totally did this thing even though you didn't do this thing and just see how that works out for you. Uh, and then you could build your character who has different skills and abilities both in conversations and all that that they do, but also in really thinking about uh, the fighting style that you want to, the skills that you have, the abilities that you have. That's all customizable. And you can... Sorry, that's my fault. I shouldn't have... <laughs> I just jammed my <laughs> finger on my microphone while Kyle was I'm talking. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, your character is very customizable as far as the type of way you want to approach battle. Uh, you can have heavy swords. Um, you can have light swords. So two-handed or one-handed swords, basically. You can have pistols. Uh, and there is magic in the game, too. So you can be a mage if you want to. Uh, so it's a really kind of cool premise. Now, I will say this is not a AAA game. Not even close to a AAA game. The animations are very choppy. The lip sync is not good. Um, it's actually pretty bad. But this world is really cool and the storyline that they have set up is really cool. So despite all of the issues this game has, and there are issues with this game, uh, I, I just really want to go back and be in this world because it's so neat. It's so unique. It's such a cool take on an RPG that we really are. At least I really haven't seen before. Uh, it makes me super interested in playing it. So it's supposed to be decently long. It's decently challenging. This isn't a thing that you can just kind of go and hack your and hack and slash your way through. Uh, the combat does have some nuance to it for sure. There are some builds if you look online that are apparently once you get to a level twenty five or so, pretty pretty powerful. But I'm at like level eight, <laughs> so I'm a long way from this level twenty five plague knight build thing that the people are always talking about. Um, but it is cool. Like I said, it, it's a really interesting game. Definitely Spider's best game uh, is what everyone has said. Um, and yeah, this is a game I'm going to continue to go back to. I've had a lot of fun with thus far. Um, and I want to keep playing and discovering all the secrets that this game has to hold. Uh, so yeah, that's Greedfall. Josh, do you have any desire to play this game? What, what, what game, is there a game you could compare it to? Um, 
at all? Is it like Dragon Agey? Is it uh, Elder Scrollsy? Yes, and yes, and it's got it has a little bit of stuff from a lot of different games. Yeah. So that's like kind of when you're going through it because of the fact that it is the combat is very sword heavy, so it, it is going to definitely fit into those styles of games. But there is, you know, similar to those games as far as like aligning yourself with factions, doing quests for them, yeah. doing them though in the way you want to. And then, like I said, you can lie to them if you want to about what you did. Uh, and then you have reputation with all these different factions that you gain and lose and you have companions and then you can increase or reduce um, how much your companions trust you. Like there's just a lot going on here. Nothing super unique or on its own other than the setting and the story. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so if you like any of those types of games, if you like the action-y role-playing game set in you know olden-y times where you're using swords and some flintlock pistols yeah and it's pretty systems heavy like the especially with the combat there's a lot going on there and there's a lot too of you know oh am i going to increase my lock picking or am i going to increase my agility sure sure and that's going to then give you different options is what you can and can't do so yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. But like I said, from a from a gameplay perspective, I don't know that there's a ton of stuff that's completely unique. But I think how they have weaved it all together is decently unique. But that really it comes home to just what this world is and the world building that they've done. Nice. I'll check it out. Yeah, we talked about it when we were just debating on games last year. Like we both yeah. kind of wanted to play this game. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, is there any linearity to it at all? Like if I pick up a quest, can do I get a marker to where I'm going, or is this like a find your own way? It does have that, so definitely there okay. are mar- quest That's good markers. For me. <laughs> yeah, there are quest markers, and you might have you know one main quest and four side quests all available to you at the same time to go from. Yeah, there is one thing though that I don't super like is that it'll say you'll hit a situation where oh I've gotten this far in this quest. It's like oh okay for you to do this next part of the quest, come back in one day in twenty three hours. Oh jeez, <laughs> you're like oh man, like how-? then I get it's all like nervous a about phone game. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of, and you're, but and you could just go sleep apparently to make this happen. But I'm always like, well, I want to go get other stuff done, but then yeah. I don't want to make sure that it takes too long, you know. <laughs> so like, because that clock is running. Like when you pick up other quests, like that clock still is going. So I'm, I always worry about if I'm on a quest for too long and then I can't come back. And I haven't gotten to the situation where I way overshoot the time, so I don't know if it matters if you overshoot it by, oh, gotcha, yeah. you know, a ton of time. I have no idea. Um, I probably could look into that, but I haven't yet. So anyway, <laughs> that's Greedfall. Um. If this sounds interesting to you at all, check it out or at least keep an eye on it. Like I said, this seems very much like a Game Pass geared game, kind of like Vampire and like kind of all of those other things. So I do think this will end up in Game Pass, but I'm enjoying my time with it thus far. It seems pretty cool. Uh, another game that I've played up, actually, I picked back up and started playing more on my phone was Grindstone. Uh, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because it's on Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. I still have Apple Arcade. I still play games on it. Most days of the week, and usually only for a few minutes, but I've kept paying my $5 because I feel like I'm getting some use out of it. Uh, I finished Grindstone. Like, finished, finished, three-starred every single level. And I think this is the first mobile game I've ever done that for. Wow. Yeah, so I have 100% completely finished Grindstone. Good for you. Uh, so I just, Yeah, so I was pretty <laughs> stoked about it. So I thought I'd just bring it up and be like, yeah, Grindstone. Woohoo. Uh, what other game I want to talk about, Josh? Yes. Um. Josh, I did a thing. A thing I don't often do, but I, I did this thing. I started playing Division 2 again. Oh, I keep wanting to play it. I did reinstall it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm playing it on PS4 because it was $3. Oh, boy, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> not that I wouldn't play it on Xbox, but Listen, it's just I very... do the same thing with my Xbox. I totally I know. know what you're saying. It's just because my PlayStation is the one that's on yeah, all the time. I 100% like agree saying. with you. So, and part of it too was I really didn't remember where I was or what had been going on at all. Yeah. And I know we got pretty high. At least I got pretty high level. I feel like you did too. Yeah. In the division two. Uh, and everyone's going back and playing right now because obviously they have that big update coming out. By the time you listen to this, March 3rd, that update should be out. But, and, you know, it's $3. I was like, oh, man, for 3 bucks, might as well go back <laughs> into it. Uh, and I'm having fun. It's a good time. I'm only like three or four hours into it, so I haven't played it for that long. But uh, I was kind of bouncing around that and between uh, The Division 2, Greedfall, and then I also picked up Vanquish. So we have Vanquish, too, oh, just nice. so you know. Um, so I've been playing that, too. So I'm really bouncing around all of these games. Uh, listener, if you've never played Vanquish, you need to play Vanquish. This game uh, was developed by Platinum, published by Sega, came out uh, like 10 years ago, I think. Uh, and all I can say to you is you are a person with lots of guns, <laughs> and you have jetpacks that lets you slide on your knees really fast. And you really don't need to know much more than that, other than you're shooting, running around, shooting around things while you're sliding on your knees, going real, real fast. It's really cool. It's so much fun. It's way harder than I remember it being, and it might be just because I'm way older now, but I am playing just on the regular difficulty, and I kind of, when I started, it was just, I don't want to say joking around, but kind of not paying a ton of attention to how I was, tactically was going to approach situations. Yeah. And it didn't go well. It did not go well. And I was like, oh, man, I really got to focus. And then it was fine. But th- I couldn't just kind of wing it when I went in there. Like, I really had to focus on what I was doing and try to be successful. So uh, I, I love Vanquish, though. I think it is so good. So uh, definitely jump into that, listener, if you haven't ever played it. Uh, it's interesting because you can get Vanquish and Bayonetta for $25 each, or you can buy them in the bundle for $40. That's... <laughs> So crazy. I know. But I think those games are going to go on sale pretty quickly, I would assume. Um, so, yeah. Either way, both those games are great. Uh, but I think Vanquish is definitely the one that is under-recognized and underappreciated, And not as many people know about it. So, uh, if you've never played Vanquish, check it out if you get the opportunity. Because I think it is pretty, pretty good. All right, so that's pretty much what I have been playing on my television. So lots of games for a few minutes, still playing Overwatch, still playing Call of Duty, uh, even though sometimes I really don't want to. (laughs) Uh, uh, I mean, good for you. You put in so much time with Call of Duty. It's crazy. I Well, and I actually, I played yesterday for the first time in about a week. And, man, I will say that game has more updates Oh my goodness! <laughs> I have to download updates for that game constantly. There was an update that was as big as the whole install for Battlefield Battlefront Two for Call oh, of Duty. Really? <laughs> so, it was only yeah. seventy-seven gigs to to only. Yeah, it only. was seventy-seven only. gigs to install Battlefront Two, and there was like a seventy-three gig like patch for Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'll be honest, downloading the patch isn't a huge deal, but man. I understand why they did it, but this whole copying thing on PlayStation is so annoying. That's crazy that they, that still hasn't been fixed. Well, and it's not that it hasn't been fixed; <clears throat> it's the thing they chose to do. And right, I get why okay. they do, and I get why they do it. Like I totally understand why they chose to go that way with it. But man, it! I think when I downloaded the patch yesterday, the la- the latest patch for Call of Duty, I think was seven gigabytes, so it wasn't big at all. And my I had the thing downloaded really fast. The copying process took like forty five minutes. That's crazy. Because it's copying, you know, a hundred gigabyte game. Yeah. So, 
And I don't have a solid state drive in that thing. So, of course, it takes a thousand hours. But anyway, man, I get why they do it. But, oh, as a PlayStation person, that is real, real annoying every time they have updates. Man, that's annoying. Anyway, so that's it for video games. <laughs> On to topic of the show, which is the topic of the show tonight. Just really going to catch up with some of the big news that has happened in games because there has been some big news. Um, and some of it related to our recent guest, Jerry Hawthorne. So, uh, Josh, why don't you take us through some of this uh, board game news? Yeah, let's start there, right? Uh, I don't remember if we talked about this when we recorded, but we were talking to Jerry about uh, recording and stuff, and he was telling us something was coming, but he couldn't say yet. Um, and it wasn't bad, but he didn't, like, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. And I, we definitely didn't expect this. I can, I right. think I can speak no, for this both is, of us. <laughs> this is not what I anticipated the news was going to be so, at all. In fact, my friend messaged our, our friend group about this news. He's like, you probably already know this, Josh. But I was like, well, when you listen to the show, you'll hear that we had Jerry on. So we definitely had some some idea something was happening. But basically what happened is Plat Hat Games was... Well, they're going independent, which means they've been reacquired by the original founder, Colby. Is it Doc? Colby Doc. Doc. Um, and Jerry talked about Colby, of course. They were, you know, he brought Colby in as a playtester. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, all, you heard the whole story, how how that happened. So, like, on the at first when I read this, I, I was, I thought, I still think, how exciting, what great news for them. Um and then once you start getting into like the finer details of of uh, of this, it, it becomes more sad, I think, to a certain degree, where, uh, you know, the first question is, well, how did they go? How did Asmodee let them go, right? You're like, okay, they're going independent. Why would Asmodee let Plat Hat become independent again when they have these great games and it's just a money printing machine for Asmodee. So, apart like what it appears, uh, I don't I don't know that they explicitly say the agreement, but uh, it appears for Colby to get control of Plat Hat back again. They had to pretty much relinquish control of almost all of their games and a game system. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, Asmodee is retaining the rights to publish uh, Dead of Winter. Raxon, which is a Dead of Winter game, uh, Mice and Mystics, Stuff Fables, Aftermath, and Battlelands. Um, they're also retaining the rights to the Adventure Book Games brand, which is huge. Um, so going forward, Dead of Winter and Raxon will be published and supported by Fantasy Flight. All the other games will be uh, published and supported by Z-Man. Uh, they both are owned by Asmodee Group. Um, and then, you know, Jerry made a blog post later after that, kind of talking about what I wasn't really thinking about. And his, like, obviously, you heard how passionately he talked about Mice and Mystics, um, if you're a listener. Um, so this was, this had to have been tough for him, and I feel bad for Jerry, because he basically is losing, unless, like, Z-Man calls him up and says, we want you to come work on our Mice and Mystics sequel rebrand whatever they decide to do with that he doesn't really have any say over what they do with his babies like and and that's tough to hear um but i mean this is how business is done too so like um 
it's just sad to see that go. But it happens in film, it happens in TV, and it happens apparently in board games as well. So something that I said to my friend, and I'll say to all of our listeners, um, no matter what the next game that Plat Hat Games comes out with, it is very important that we support them by buying that game. So even if it's a game that maybe isn't for you, maybe buy it for a friend who you think it would be for. Because this, whatever their first project is going to be as independent, is could be a, a game changer for them. It could be terrible or it could be amazing. Um, right. So for me, I just think like we we we're big fans of Plat Hat. So we want to support them and i think that the like how i'll buy any emerson game not even really mm-hmm. knowing anything about it i think this is one of those we have to have like a leap of faith with plat hat and get whatever their first independent releases right and i i'm confident it will be good but um it's something that will be very important to them um for the future of their company what do you have to say about this huge news announcement well this, like you said, when Jerry indicated that there was some news on the way, uh, this is not at all the news that I, I thought it was going to be. And I wonder, like you said, I have to imagine the reason that Colby was able to afford to purchase back the rights was because he did not also purchase back the rights for Dead of Winter, Raxon, yeah. Mice, like all of those games, right? I can't imagine how much more expensive this would have been to also maintain the rights to all of those games. Or maybe there was no price that he could have paid, period, to Asmodee to include those games. Right. Like, we have no idea, right. right? The thing that makes me, and this is probably just me being all conspiracy about it, how much must it have stunk to be an Asmodee company if you are willing to leave and leave behind literally all of your biggest IP? Yeah, my guess is that they probably lost the creative control for their products. It might, it might not right. even have been terrible to work for them, but it, it could have been. Right. It could have been for sure. But maybe Colby saw what just happened with Fantasy Flight. Maybe, maybe he wasn't being... Maybe he was being told he can't make the games that he wants to make. Right. Um, you know, maybe maybe Asmodee shut down uh, Guardians, the game, like a game that uh, arguably I think is a very good game. Um, so I, I think that that could be part of it. It could also be – it also could be terrible to be owned by them because you, you essentially could be a number and instead of a person. Yeah, that that is very, very true. So – I think obviously there's another part of this news which I forgot to put in the show notes, but obviously it doesn't sound like, or we know for sure that not everyone uh, is leaving who is part of Flat Hat is going to continue with them. Uh, designer Isaac Vega has said that he is moving on to other things. Uh, Isaac, obviously a tour de force when it comes to uh, game design, has designed some absolutely stellar games, including obviously my favorite game, Dead of Winter. Uh, but also responsible for things like Ashes Rise of the Phoenix Born, uh, Starship Samurai, Bioshock Infinite, like Neon Gods, has done some really, really stellar design work. And and Isaac, who you know released a statement saying very much still cares for the people at Plaid Hat, is leaving on good terms. Just really time for 
since they're going on to do their new things, time for him to go on and do some new things as well. So uh, a lot of changes happening at Plaid Hat. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, yeah, like you said, you know, I plan to continue to support them. Plaid Hat has always been one of my favorite game publishers. I really like what they put out. Uh, I think they put a lot of care into it. I think that they the biggest criticism about Plaid Hat, I think, historically has been the price of their games and what you get for the price as far as stuff. Yeah. You know, but I, I think that is not necessarily <laughs> measurable in comparison to the experience that you have you know, while playing them and the price that you paid for that experience. So I do feel really bad, though. I, I am excited and happy for Colby and the other people who are still going to be there that they get to do what they want to and follow game publishing and their passion in, in the way they think it should be done. So I'm super excited. But kind of like you were talking about, part of me is a little heartbroken that they so much that they had to leave behind yeah. in order to have this opportunity to do it. Yeah, and they, they obviously took very good care of their games because they weren't just dishing out sequels and expansions. Right. Like these were things that were were delicately handled. And, and my worry is that now that these now that they don't have to worry about like Jerry saying no to things, like I'm just worried that we're just going to see a, a big dump of new versions of these kind of games, especially since now they have the storybook um, brand, adventure book brand. Right. Right. Which, yeah. You know, I ho- I hope they don't. I hope it they they put in the same amount of time and care as Plat uh, Hat, but I'm I'm pretty skeptical uh, as far right. as that goes. So here's the one question that I have, and I think I kind of know the answer to this, but I don't necessarily know. But I was thinking a lot about what Jerry said about how he owns the IP for Mice and Mystics. Yeah. So what I'm wondering if this is a situation where he still technically owns the IP, but any but all board game publishing rights still now are held by Asmodee. Yeah, there's probably so like a contract do, term for it. Right. So he could, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if he could still do Mice and Mystics stuff that isn't board game related, but not be right. a, but any board games would still have to go through Asmodee. Yeah, that's true. That's very possible. Um, or he might just own the movie rights. Because yeah, I don't know that he got too specific. We were talking about the film, yeah. But he might, maybe I, he just owns the rights to it as a. Uh, no, you would just own the IP in general. So, right. Yeah. So never. Yeah. Never mind. So yeah, I feel like this might kind of be like the situation that uh, Disney's Marvel is in with uh, Sony for Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Like I feel like this is kind of that situation, but it's for my Mystic board games instead. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, maybe we can ask Jerry about that. Hey, maybe we can get Colby on. Maybe. We know some people he knows. We do know people he knows. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so we'll keep an eye on Plat Hat. We'll see what's going on with him. And maybe I'll reach out to Colby in like a month after things have settled down and see if he wants to talk about it. Right. Cool. Well, speaking of Plat Hat, we have more Plat Hat news, which comes out at a terrible time. <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible time. I think this is the perfect time for this. Well, it's a game that is a is designed by a guy who left the company, and it uses a system the company no longer owns. No, they still have Crossroads. No, it's an adventure book game. No, it's not. It's a Crossroads game. Oh, I thought it was an adventure book game. No, uh, it is Crossroads. Well, it has an adventure book with it. So maybe that's why I get confused. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Adventures through magical scenarios. Yeah, and it shows them on an adventure book. 
That's why I got confused. Maybe they're calling it something different, so it's not actually like an adventure book. <laughs> that would be smart of them. <laughs> they're calling it like, uh, what's another word for adventure, Josh? A uh, journey. Uh, a journey binder. A journey binder. Cool. So Planet <laughs> announced their new journey binder crossroads game called <laughs> Forgotten Waters. Um, uh, we were hinted at a crossroads, new crossroads game coming out, I think, by Colin last year. Yep. Um, this is, Jerry talked about it when he was on. Yeah, this is that game. It is designed by Isaac Vega, J. Arthur Ellis. Um, and it features the imaginative writing of Mr. Bistro, and that is his listed name. He follows us now, uh, so I followed him back. Yeah, that's, that's uh, it's how a very he goes by, Mr. Bistro. Yeah, moniker to go by Mr. Bistro. Uh, so yeah, so basically it is pirate themed. Um, your this is from PlatHatGames uh, dot com. Says your adventure through magical scenarios and stories designed to encourage players to explore and laugh and delight as they interact with the world around them. It's a game where every choice can lead, so it can leave a lasting impact on the story. So it sounds a little legacy ish. Um, and players will want to leave no rock unturned as you navigate through each entertaining tale. So you are going through it, the navigation book. The navigation book. There we go. Uh, it also uh, has a app that um, provides um, scenarios and crossword moments. So you don't have to flip pages, which is pretty cool. Uh, it comes with a uh, streamlined rule system that allows up to seven players at a time to enjoy the adventure. Um, and it's only 60 bucks, which I thought yep. this would be a $90 game. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh, what do you think about the game in general? Is the pirate theme important to you? Do you care? Uh, where does this land on your radar? So Josh, you obviously know I'm a huge fan of the crossroads mechanic. I yes. think crossroads is one of the coolest game mechanics. Uh, I love games that, or I'm all immediately intrigued by games that are going to use it. So as a result of that, I am 100% interested in Forgotten Waters. But Josh, there's one thing, one thing currently <laughs> that is holding me back from pre-ordering this game. Is it, three, you to know five, what? Is it three to five players? It is three to seven players. Uh, seven. I said seven players earlier. Yeah, it is a three to seven player game. And as we have said before, <laughs> if a game needs to be a three-player game, make it a three-player game. But goodness, does that make it hard for me to buy? Because yep. I just don't know how often I'm going to be able to get it to the table. And I think the thing that... I was thinking about why I get so nervous about this. And I think the reason is, is it's so hard for me to learn how to play a three-player game as the person who typically teaches others. Like when I learn a two-player, I can sit down with a partner and we can learn, you know, a two to four-player game and I can learn it and then I can have context for any of the rule changes that are different for three or four players. It's just so hard for me to learn a three-player game yeah. because apparently my brain doesn't work well that way. I just really struggle with learning it. So I'm really interested. Like you said, this is their first game that is going to be theirs again since, you know, going back independent because uh, it comes out in April. I think April 1, April 10th is April the release 10th, yeah. date currently slated. Uh, so I'm super interested. I want to support them uh, because, like you said, I, I really appreciate the work that they do and the fact that they're going independent again. I, I want to support independent board game publishers. But, oh, man, that three-player thing is crushing me. <laughs> Just crushing me. What about you? Are you interested? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I am. I am interested. Um, so, yeah, I just don't know. I'm the same. Like, I, I haven't looked up the player count. But, yeah, I'm the same as you. Three-player games, it's tough. it's a tough sale. 
Uh, yep. unfortunately, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> so this might be something I could talk to my game group about that we, you know, the group we very rarely get together and it's to play Gloomhaven. <laughs> right. Uh, but they're also huge fans of Crossroads and specifically Dead of Winter. So right. um, this could be a cool like change of theme and we haven't played Seafall or any pirate games really. So, right. uh, you know, we, we haven't really introduced this theme into the game group. And the nice thing is if you pre-order it, you get 20% off. That's and good. you get free shipping in the U.S. Oh, well, maybe I should pre-order it. <laughs> so that's kind of part of the reason I'm like, okay, $48 plus free shipping. It's a pretty solid deal. So, Yeah, that's a great price. That's, yeah, that is a good price because there's a lot of stuff in the box. And like I said, the the one knock on Plaid Hat that I, I think I could kind of agree with is that you maybe don't always get a ton of stuff in the box. But yeah. there's a lot of stuff in this box for that price. So it seems pretty good. So, yeah, this looks really cool. And the whole app-driven thing, I'm I'm – have come around on pretty solidly. I'm totally okay with it. So, yeah, I'm down. I guess let's let's get play some Forgotten Waters. I just need to find a friend. Well, can we can we Skype it? Oh man, did you get? Oh, if we had done Vorpal board. If only. If only did I? Oh, their thing ended, didn't it? Their Kickstarter did. Yeah, they crushed yeah, it. But they they did crush it though. So congratulations to them. They were very nice people. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. Yeah. If we can, hey, if we can Skype, I would play with you guys for sure. Okay. Well, let me see then. Let me talk to the partner. Let's see, maybe we'll get that pre-ordered. Cool. Okay. Zoinks. <laughs> That's all the uh, 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 excitement I have for this. Uh, so we had two. <laughs> You're not excited for this? Uh, not really. Oh my god. We have two new Scooby-Doo games coming out. Uh, we have an original Scooby-Doo game called Escape from the Haunted Mansion. Uh, no, this is not Disney's Haunted Mansion. Um, it's uh, part of, it's called a Coded Chronicles game, uh, which uses code revealing mechanics, which I just I'm not a fan of. Oh, um, gotcha. Okay. You know, uh, I shouldn't say I'm not excited. I'm, I'm more excited about the second game. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, you're trying to uh, solve the mystery of Lady Fairmont's ghost. So you have the whole crew, Fred, Daphne, Shaggy. Velma and Scooby, uh, they each have their own narrative booklet. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, but clues are hidden on the game board uh, as you play and you open secret envelopes. I'm just, I don't know. The whole, the whole code revealing thing is just not for me. But if it's for you, awesome, cool. Uh, it's by the OP. So, like, I have faith in that yeah. licensing. Um, and then the, the, the thing I would argue I'm more excited about, but I won't be able to get anyone to play with me. Oh, that's too bad. Um, a rebranding of Betrayal at House on the Hill called Scooby-Doo Betrayal at Mystery Mansion. Uh, it's by Avalon Hill, so I'm sure it's going to be great. I really do. I mean, one of my you know, top five games of all time is Betrayal at House on the Hill. And, right. And uh, this is a cool rebranding. I, I didn't get Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, so I don't know that this would have been something I would just jump on because I'm so happy with the original. Um, but, you know... There's probably a license they could slap on this that would make me buy it instantly. Um, Scooby-Doo just isn't that. Uh, but yeah, you do the same thing. Uh, it starts off cooperative, then it shifts to a one versus everyone when the traitor is revealed, which I think it's pretty cool because basically it's like you tear the mask off Josh's face and he is the old man. <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> like, I think it could be very cool. Uh, but uh Yeah. That's that's a Scooby Doo news. Where are you? Where do you sit on Scooby Doo as a IP? Do you want Scooby Doo games? Will you play any of these games? 
So back in the day, and it's been a while, but I used to absolutely love Scooby-Doo. I used to watch so much Scooby-Doo. And when I say back in the day, I'm talking even like 10 years ago. Like, so it wasn't, you know, just when I was a super young kid, I was pretty consistent with my love for and watching of Scooby-Doo until about my late 20s or so. Yeah. Maybe even to, into, into my early 30s, I still watched it quite a bit. I haven't kept up. I don't really watch it regularly anymore. But seeing this, especially Scooby-Doo Betrayal at Mystery Mansion, this would be the Betrayal at House on the Hill that I want to play is this one. Nice. Because it seems such a good fit. It seems like a brilliant, brilliant re-theming it just seems to fit so darn well like you said the code the escape from the haunted mansion the coded chronicles game i'm interested i guess i want to see how the game works exactly i don't know that i'm going to run out and get it day one but i'm definitely more interested at betrayal at mystery mansion just again super disappointed that it's a three-player game yeah minimum but it also makes sense for the style of game it is right like playing that as a two-player game would not be <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i'm not the betrayer two so people right like it's shaggy and scooby and then all of a sudden one of them is the one bad them. guy <laughs> <laughs> right 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 so yeah but i think it's really cool we haven't had i don't feel like a ton of scooby-doo games so kind of happy this is coming back this is kind of neat an ip that i don't think gets as much love as it should nice well that's all the the board game news i did add a news topic but it's more of a mix between board and video games for sure well so we'll get to that here in a bit but we're gonna transition a little bit and yeah. we're gonna talk about josh cool let's talk about me <laughs> do you remember when people were making some decisions about not going to trade shows because of coronavirus yeah you mean the one that's uh 35 minutes from my house in boston <laughs> pax east and how some folks were like, meh, I mean, come on, just go to the thing, right? Well, so many people decided that they don't want to go to GDC that GDC decided it doesn't want to go either. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, GDC has been postponed to later this year over the coronavirus concerns. Um, as you know, GDC, or the Game Developers Conference, happens in mid-March in San Francisco each year. And it's a time for game developers to come together and basically talk about all the cool things that they're doing and help learn from one another. And many, many companies over the last few weeks had been saying, hey, we're not going to GDC anymore um, because, you know, we have concerns about the coronavirus. And enough companies have said they're not going that GDC has now delayed its event until later this summer is currently the plan. Uh, in reading, you know, the statements from companies, and it was a lot of the major companies had said they weren't going anymore. Uh, it's interesting because I think there's this delicate balance between PR to a degree, right? Like how does it look for us to say, you know, that we don't want to go to this thing. And if you think about with PAX East, when Sony said they weren't going to go, the mayor of Boston <laughs> wrote a letter to Sony being like, Hey, you should really reconsider. But if you're, you know, Sony or Xbox with when it comes to GDC or many, many other companies who decide they weren't going to go to GDC, like, how do you balance the, that, you know, and the external pressures with your employees being like, hey, we really don't want to go do this. And maybe, yeah, you know, where we're going is totally fine. Maybe Boston is completely fine. Right. But we are an international global company. We have employees all over the world who are going to be traveling through all sorts of airports with a whole lot of other people to get to this place. Yeah. For you sure. know, and if and if you have employees who are like, hey, I really just kind of want to stay home and eat pizza, you know, like that's 
probably the right thing to do, right? Is just say, hey, we're not going to go? Yes. Um, uh, I know that there's a lot of opinions on coronavirus, whether we're being too cautious, not cautious enough, etc. Right. Even me being in urgent care today, watching people sitting coughing with masks on, mm-hmm. you can't help but be worried. And all these cases keep popping up. I think what's going to happen is uh, packs ended today. Right. This there's like this next week is crucial to right. find out because you're right. People are traveling to Boston for packs from all over the country and further sometimes. Right. So you you can say people like, okay, well, there's no coronavirus in Boston. Well, we don't – I mean, there's cases in Massachusetts already, so we don't know that that's right. true. But also, who is coming in and doesn't know they have it, if they if that's possible, et cetera. And, and GDC would have been in San Francisco, and San Francisco has already been affected by coronavirus. Yes, it has. So – the smartest thing to do, they did the smartest thing, right? They postponed it instead of keeping it going right. and having a tenth of the people show up. Right. But they're also letting people who had presentations planned record them and they're going to post them online for them for free. Right. Which is good for people who were relying on that audience, people who aren't Microsoft and Sony, like the right. smaller companies. That's good for them. Right. Um, you know, and, and if like Sony was planning on unveiling the PS5, well, now they have to do it in a state of play, but they can do that and right. people will be safe. And that's true. I would rather them cancel these conventions than even one person getting the coronavirus. Right. Well, because even some countries, like I think France, it was, uh, has now banned all gatherings of people over X number of yeah. people. Like yeah. you can't do any conferences or concerts or, you know, athletic events and things like that. Uh, Japan is holding athletic events right now in completely empty stadiums. I saw that. Yeah. You know, so because they don't, they're trying to reduce the risk of those things happening because they have the Olympic story about, right? So, I mean, if only be... everyone else believed it was a hoax to take down our president, then we would all be safe. <laughs> right. Um, so it is interesting, but I do think about the fact of, you know, if you are, in, in this case, and this is just what I go to because I, I think about because they got a lot of heat for it when they said they weren't going to PAX East. When I think of PlayStation, right? And they're like, hey, we're not going to PAX East. Yeah. And there was a lot of heat given to them for that initially, but then a lot of other companies said they weren't going to. Facebook yeah. didn't go. Oculus didn't go. A lot of other companies backed out. Could you imagine that you send folks from Naughty Dog to PAX East to show this not, this demo for The Last of Us Part Two, and a couple of them get sick? I know. <laughs> and then they come back to the studio <laughs> while you're in crunch to finish your game coming out in May. And then, you know, half the studio gets sick. Yeah, it would be crazy. Like, right. Like, let's see. Like, I, and I think the big thing too is like, they paid for everything already, right? Like, you have to assume they paid for floor space, they paid for badges, yep. that, you know, all of those things were already done. Yep. So it seems like they're probably genuinely have some concerns for them to suddenly say, we're just not going to use all the stuff we already paid for. We live in a world where people were just complaining about uh, um, employees' well-beings, and then all right. of a sudden they're inconvenienced, and now they're mad that those said yeah. people aren't being put in harm's way to, right. uh, to entertain them. <laughs> yeah, yep. 
So, and like you said, maybe maybe coronavirus is much to do about nothing. Obviously, the infection rate for this, you know, people are talking about is it more deadly than the flu or you know SARS or the bird flu? Like infection rates really high. Like it is higher than all those other quote unquote scary things we've had in the past. More people have been infected with it. So, yeah. you know, it's a it's a real thing. It's just you know. How much of a real thing is it going to continue to be? That's the big question that it, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll, it will only get like better by people doing what happened here. Right. Just not doing yeah. things that aren't necessary. Correct. Instead of spreading your germs. <laughs> <laughs> wash your hands, people. Josh, wash your ouchy finger. <laughs> oh, believe me, it's next on the list. <laughs> so, all right. Hey, uh, okay, Josh. So in what is apparently extremely critical news. Rockstar <laughs> yeah. has uh, updated some of their website graphics. So this has to mean we're getting some news on the next GTA game very soon, right? No. <laughs> I mean, odds are it means we're going to get news on a game from them. doesn't mean okay. it's GTA. Oh, it's not GTA. Why would, it be, why would they make another GTA, Kyle? They make so much money on GTA 5 still. Well, then what else would they make? Bully 2? No, they're not making Bully 2. We all, we all need to put that <laughs> desire to rest. It's not happening. Like, they're pretty much just going to make... Half-Life 3? <laughs> they got... <laughs> Valve brought them on board <laughs> to make Half-Life 3. Like, do you think we're going to get other games from Rockstar anymore? Or is it just going to be GTA and uh, Red Dead Redemption? Are we ever going to get Bully another ping pong game like or are we is it just the oh, two yeah, games that table they're making tennis, now yeah yeah um, <laughs> rockstar table tennis here's what i think i never thought we'd see an overwatch 2 um uh-huh. uh, so maybe we do get another grand theft auto i mean why not but at in the same point like this game is making so much money there's so many active players it's still on top sales charts Right. Why would why? And they're still tishing, tish, putting content into GTA Online. Yeah. So so I don't I don't see that they need to do anything yet. Okay. Maybe you do GTA Six a year after next gen consoles are out. Do you think it's better for them to do GTA Six, or do they just rebrand GTA Online as just GTA, and then they add like a single store, like a single player? experience you can buy for like x amount of dollars that is basically gta 6 you know what i'm saying yeah that would be great too that would be smart of them to do that as well um yeah i don't i don't that way that's a good idea um i don't know that i still think gta has a strong campaign fan base more more so than call of duty so that might hurt them uh because i can say playing gta online uh, when you play missions, you definitely aren't getting the campaign feel, right? So it does definitely does have a different feel to it. But I can see them doing that as well, or having just a GTA Online always existing on its own, and then put right. out like uh, GTA Six. Right, that gives you access to the online on the disc. That's the same, right? Or you pay you thirty know. bucks for the GTA Six story, and then you have to buy a GTA Online subscription. Right. Yeah, because I do kind of wonder, like you said, because they are still making so much money on GTA. Uh, you know, and I think about, obviously, like when Uncharted 4 came out and then they did uh, Lost Legacy and there was multiplayer for both of those games, but it was the same multiplayer. You know, you're going into the same servers, playing the same game with other people. Some of you just 
accessed it through Uncharted 4, some accessed it through The Lost Legacy, and I wonder if maybe they just do something like that, where yes, we get quote-unquote GTA 6, but the online is just still the same. They update it some, they add some new fun stuff to it, but if you don't buy GTA 6, you're still playing online with everyone, from GTA 5 with everyone who buys GTA 6. Right, right. So, yeah. So, okay. So they've updated their website stuff. Do you think we're getting any imminent announcement from them, or did they just do a facelift? No, I think we'll get something at probably the Microsoft uh, E3 conference um, or Sony's. Uh, I think they'll they'll release they'll like show off what they're going to show at. They won't do. I don't think they'll do their own like stage presence thing. I don't know that they've ever done that. No, they're not. They they have never really been at anyone's E3 anything. Yeah, so they do their own thing. Yeah. But they, they don't have enough content to put on their own um, like panel. I don't like 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 Ubisoft or Bethesda. Right. So I yeah, don't know. They, they'll just release a video with a weird voiceover two months later, and everyone will think it's the greatest thing ever. I mean, they could. They don't have to appease anybody. They could literally yeah. just release a, a two minute trailer the day they want to announce it, and they'd be fine. Right. For sure. All right, speaking of video game stuff, uh, Xbox Series X specs came out. Uh, it's super powerful, Josh. Uh, yeah, I don't know that we need to go into the specs. I had to explain teraflops to my coworkers, and it was just terrible. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I'm like, why am I explaining teraflops to you? They wanted to know, like, I had to look up the definition of teraflops, and I was like, I'm going to read you this definition. It is not going to make sense to you. No. <laughs> Let me just tell you. And I I told them what you're probably going to tell me and the people listening. If you want to know teraflops, we just went through the Xbox teraflop comparison chart. This Xbox mm-hmm. had this many. This one had this many. The new one's going right. to have this many. Right. <clears throat> That's all that you need to know. And, that, and it, it's a graphic processing unit. It's not the console unit. So it's actually used not – it's used for – graphic detail and precision detail like the grass and red dead redemption and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah so yep they'd release some specs it's got a lot of teraflops 12 of them to be perspective to be exact uh you know eight times as many teraflops as the xbox one or you know twice as many as the xbox one x depending on how you want to look at it yeah one sounds way cooler than the other depending <laughs> on how you want to market it um but yeah i think it's going to pack a lot of punch i do think it's interesting that um you know they're pushing a lot on like the 120 frames per second support uh full xbox backwards compatibility which remind me josh my understanding of this is that anything that is backwards compatible on xbox one will be backwards compatible with series x so that doesn't necessarily mean that every original xbox game is going to work correct Right, only the ones that are that they stopped adding support for they might add more in the future but like currently right. it's only what's supported uh on the current xbox consoles yeah and based on how they've been doing everything i assume more will be added in the future but they did say hey we're taking a break so that we can make sure it all works with the next generation of console so i would assume but yeah so when you hear the full backwards compatibility it's not the full library just all of the things that are currently backwards compatible will work on series x so cool yeah anything that really stuck out front to you from their, their chatting about this or no, it's all technical oh. nonsense at the moment. I'm re- I'm really just frustrated that we're not getting more info from Xbox and PlayStation uh, in already March now of a console release here. What info do you want? 
Because um, there's a lot of people saying this. There's a lot of people who are like, like with PlayStation, they're like, hey, like, why haven't you t- said more? They had their two articles in Wired last year, which gave you basically what all the things in the console were. They just didn't tell you, like, it's X number of teraflops, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I like, I don't need the technical stuff. I want to see. So, we got the Xbox, right? We know what it looks like. I just want. Yep. PlayStation, no one's going to steal their design. Show people what your PlayStation looks like or something. Uh, talk about the DualShock controllers that a new one. Xbox, show us the ports you have, whatever. Stop like beating around the bush of like, that's a fake video or whatever. Um, I've, and I know I want pricing details now. I know that, th- that they have no reason to do that. Right. But if you have like, these are going to be expensive consoles. And if I have to save yeah. up money, why aren't you letting people know now? Is 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 Sony waiting for Microsoft to announce a price or vice versa? Like, are they on like in the Mexican standoff of like, who's going to say the price first? And then right, do what do we do now? Do we change right. our price? Like, I don't know how much is going into that in like their their meetings. Um, and then I read that this t- this week I read that there's going to be a PS Five Pro model and i don't believe that for a second <laughs> but but who knows because we, we might see two different versions of the xbox series x so i just right. i really feel like while we have a, a relatively we have a lot of information about the power of these consoles right we, i feel like we don't have a lot of information on them and right and that might just be my my like how i feel about it right and i and there are a lot of people saying that that we don't have a ton of information and part of me thinks that like what else do we want other we want price and we want to know what the games are like those are the two things we really want right do we care about any of the other stuff i mean this is what we care about as uh, gamers in general is we need to know which console is more powerful for some reason and at I don't, 12 fer- teraflops, do we really care anymore? I, I personally don't, but I think as like <laughs> the general internet, they need to pick a dog in the fight. And then like if it's Xbox, the Xbox fanboys are going to go nuts. If it's PlayStation, the PlayStation fanboys are going to go nuts. And then we're right. going to have three months of people dogging on each other's brand preference. Right. Uh, so here here's what I know. It sounds like both of them are going to do 4K60. And that's all my TV can do. Yeah. So exactly. I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I do think there are some things that um, if you read in depth, a lot of the stuff for PlayStation that people say isn't known is known. Uh, and I think, you know, like the whole smart delivery thing that they talked about with uh, Microsoft, according to what everyone has been saying that has some inside knowledge for the industry. PlayStation has basically the same thing, you know, but you know, and then people are like, Oh, um, CD project red came out. Oh, if you buy it on Xbox, you won't have to upgrade. They're like, well, what about PlayStation? I'm like, Hey, guess who they have a marketing deal with? Why do you think they're only talking about one console right now? Right. You know, like, so I don't, I don't think we have to worry about that. I think the biggest questions for PlayStation are what backwards compatibility is going to look like because they said it would be there's some sort of backwards compatibility, um, and then price and what are the launch games? Like I think those are the big things right now. And is there going to be a service that is going to, in some way, compete with Game Pass different than what PlayStation now does currently? Outside of that, like I don't know what else we really need to know. Like I'm already saving money because right. I feel like it's going to be like 500 bucks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm just the odd one. I don't feel like there's a ton of news I need. Um, 
I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. But I hope you get the news since you want it, Josh. I do hope you get it. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I know that I'm not going to get it, but I would just like some prices. That's all. I don't think that's too much to ask. I do agree. I think prices would be good. I do think they are both, though, having problems hammering down the prices yeah. because things in China are just so odd right now. Like, yeah. There's just unexpected stuff happening there. So I think that just makes it hard for them to lock down a price. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's true. So, all right. And then another quick story that I snuck in here. Uh, the Embracer Group, who you might know more formally as THQ Nordic, has bought another studio, Josh. Oh, they bought Saber Interactive, oh. who most recently published World War Z, yeah. uh, but also have done some work, including they're the folks who ported The Witcher over to Switch, or The Witcher 3 over to Switch. They were purchased for $525 million, Josh. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, some things to say. Number one, it is $150 million upfront. With another three hundred seventy-five million over three years, based on performance. Okay, okay. So that's what the deal was for. That's how much Saber Interactive was purchased for. A deal up to five hundred twenty-five million dollars. Like I said, they vote. They pub. They developed and published World War Z, which was a fun game that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have done some porting, and they ported, like I said, Witcher Three over to Switch. Outside of that, Josh, keep in mind PlayStation. It was recently announced when they purchased Insomniac. They paid $229 million for Insomniac. <laughs> Do you think this was a, a a good deal, Josh? Maybe they know something we don't. Maybe What maybe, do they know? Maybe Saber has a, a pretty stellar lineup of games that are going to come out that they've seen. Maybe. <clears throat> I mean, that's a lot of money, but it, it says up to. So that also makes me think of like when you rent an apartment and you had to pay deposit and then they say right we'll give it back to you you know with, with we'll give you back what we don't have to use for repairs so basically they could just be like hey saber uh we have to repair everything you're just getting your 125 sorry like if they said it's based on performance and <clears throat> the people who are deciding what their performance is is the people who are giving them the money right, so it, right. it might not end up being that much money but that's a crazy that's a huge huge price <laughs> even 150 million seems like a lot of money yeah yeah that's a so lot. though i will say that saber interactive is big uh they have 600 staff across five international studios wow so they are a big studio they do apparently a lot of support work um and a lot of engineering work it sounds like for from reading this article from gameindustry.biz um but the thing i think is most interesting uh that the embracer group again this is thq nordic's new name the embracer group they now have 31 studios. <laughs> 31 studios. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I just thought that was very interesting. That price, man, whew, They like you said, they must know something we don't know. Yeah. All right. And with that, Josh, I know you added one story. Why don't we get to your last story as well? I did. We had a release, a new release from Harmonix. They released a teaser. A trailer, not a teaser, a full trailer Mm -hmm. and gameplay for a game called Fuser. And they actually had a pretty impressive PAX East stage uh, as well. Um, It's from the creators of Rock Band and Guitar Hero as they lead off the article, but it's it's from the creators of Drop Mix. It is Drop Mix, the video video game. game. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Literally the same exact game. So I'm I'm curious why they decided to stop support for Drop Mix 
the board game and then make a entirely samey video game. I'm very... May- I don't get it. <laughs> well, maybe they had to have... I mean, they obviously had a publisher support with the board game. Yes. So maybe this is their way to be able to continue on the same idea, but not needing that support. Yeah, I suppose. They're paying a lot of money for these uh, licenses, though. That is true. They really are. I I worry about harmonics. I always worry (laughs) that someday I'm going to go online and I'm going to see the news that harmonics is going on a business. That would be so sad because they do such cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, so... I'm a big fan of drop mix, right? So if people play this game and get the same experience I got, uh-huh. cool. If they play this game and it's terrible, that's a bummer. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens one way or the other. Uh, it's definitely interesting to see them bring the, bring back a music game into this like wasteland of music games. Like we right, haven't had a, sure. we haven't had a game since Rock Banding. Guitar Hero that come close to this style of game. Right. I mean, it's pretty impressive. They said the game's going to have more than 100 licensed tracks. Yeah. That's a lot. And, you know, just kind of looking here at the little screenshot, there's In the Club by 50 Cent and Bad Guy by Billie Eilish and Don't Let Me Down by The Chainsmokers, Rock the Casbah by The Clash, Thunder by Imagine Dragons, uh, Stir Fry by Migos. I don't know that I know that song. Uh, <laughs> All Star by Smash Mouth. I mean, there we go. Regulate, Warren G and Nate Dogg. I mean, they got some cool stuff in there. I'm interested to see what the full 100 track lineup is. Yeah. But yeah. So, will you get this this fall when it comes out? Uh, I guess it depends on the price point. For 40 bucks, probably I'll give it a shot. For 60, I'm, I'm going to wait till it's 40. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. All right, well, that's all the news we have and all of the games we've been playing. Josh, we do have some questions and emails from our listeners. You want to take us through those? We do. Splig at Delicious jumps in. He says, how many pieces of hate mail has Josh received from William since the Jerry Hawthorne interview went live? Uh, none, uh, but I did get some comments on Twitter when I posted um, that we were having Jerry on. Um I'm pretty sure it was um, how dare you or how could you <laughs> right more yeah, betrayed like than he yeah um, but he you know William has a special place in uh, in our hearts and remember that I'm the one does. who always liked William it's Kyle who doesn't like him I don't know what you're talking about I like <laughs> William very very much he's a very nice person yeah you read my script perfectly <laughs> uh, Grouchy at Grouchy backlog 2020 balloon on Twitter uh, says love the show guys while I wait. For my Evil Dead Kickstarter and my Guar card game Kickstarter to come through, I love to browse the site and see what catches my fancy. What is on Kickstarter right now that you are kind of interested in but haven't pulled the trigger on yet? Kyle, why don't you answer that one first? Well, this is hard because a couple of the things will be done for sure by the time (laughs) this episode posts. Uh, But one of them being uh, Marvel United. At the time that we're recording, there are 70 hours left to go. For Marvel United from Come On, uh, they have raised $1.65 million <laughs> for the game so far, uh, and they have unlocked a lot of stuff for it. So that is still something I'm considering, and obviously we'll have to decide by the time this episode posts. Uh, so yeah, Marvel United is something that I'm currently taking a look at, and that's why I feel bad, because I'm not like suggesting things to get, because <laughs> they'll be done. Uh, the other one is Wonderland's War, mm. so that also not currently has 68 hours to go. Um, so again, we'll be done by the time this posts, 
Uh, but that game looks super interesting for Druid City games. Uh, and then I'm kind of, I don't know, I haven't decided. Josh, do you have thoughts on Batman, the animated series Adventures? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, why don't you share some of them? Since that one will still be live by the time this podcast that posts. I love Batman the Animated Series. I don't think this game looks good at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's I don't know. From watching the video, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of game. Um, I mean, there's a lot of game, but not like it's two boards that like, you flip. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's miniatures. So it's just, I don't know. And it's like an expanded universe to the other one they did. So I, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. I was really looking forward to, to the lead up to this where they weren't really saying what the game was. Uh, it just, it just didn't impress me when everything came out for it, unfortunately. Right. I mean, the only other thing that's on right now, I think that I'm kind of potentially going to get is there's a big box from Queen Games for Merlin. Yeah. Um, and that is a Stefan Feld game. And I'm a huge fan of Stefan Feld. Never played Merlin though. And it's pretty solidly rated. I think it's in the top thousand on board game geek, which I know, I always have to clarify is really good. Like all of the games in the top 1000 are pretty much good games. Um, so that's something that I'm considering as well. I do like the fact that they put um, the big boxes on there that you can get all the stuff, but yeah. man, are the prices pretty expensive queen yeah. games for what they give you. And I, it's kind of that delicate balance between, I know they're probably doing what they can. So they stay in business and are doing successful, but like just production quality of their stuff is very much cardboard and, some wooden meeples and you know it's a 130 bucks for the big box so uh which the granted there's a ton of expansions in it so it, it there is a lot of stuff in the box it's just a lot of cardboard and wood meeples in the box so yeah. uh, but that's out there uh but there's some big you know kickstarters to come this year still so I, i'm definitely interested you know i think seventh citadel is still supposed to come this year uh dead reckoning from john clare i think is this year still we're getting a zombicide second edition i think um i know there's that one thing for the one game that you play frosthaven right that's the thing yeah frosthaven Frosthaven is this this month is this month um and i think too uh mark andre's new game the guy who designed splendor i think his new game is this year too. Soul Raiders, I think it's called, is I think coming to Kickstarter this year. So there's still a lot of big games to come. Um, we've had quite a year on Kickstarter already, so I think it's going to be a very strong Kickstarter year. So yeah, lots out there to look out at still for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for me, like I don't want to give you a list of Kickstarters that are that are ending. It's just a awkward timing. <laughs> um, being the first of March, we're going to probably get five or six new, probably yeah. big Kickstarters this week. Um, but you know, I don't want to just, uh, I, I'm still, I was, I am all in on Marvel United, but <clears throat> as they do, it's going to be an extra like hundred bucks on top of my pledge to get all of just even the story expansions in the, is play- that how much it's up to now? Yeah. And the play mat. Dang it. So three seventy, three twenty-five dollar expansions and a $25 play mat, not including the two that are coming with the base pledge of the $90 pledge. Did you change it to the Infinity Gauntlet pledge? I haven't okay. backed it all yet. I'd so the Infinity Gauntlet pledge me. gets you um, the Black Panther expansion and the Infinity Gauntlet expansion in the base game for ninety bu- oh, for ninety bucks. Gotcha. And then there's um, the Guardians expansion. There's Spider Verse expansion. There's uh, another expansion. So there's three twenty five dollar expansions, and then there's a twenty five dollar Neoprene playmat, which I would want. Um, 
and I don't, and none of that shipping is included in the shipping cost. So is it going to be another hundred dollars for shipping? So I'm really debating on canceling my pledge now. Oh man. I don't want to, but I could put right. that money somewhere else. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah. debating on what I'm going to do. I might keep it because the game still looks really good. Um, by Grouchy, um, when some good Kickstarters come out, I'll tweet, I'll tweet at you from board of video games and let you know. Uh, what I think you should look at. Uh, Frosthaven is definitely an instant back for me, so I might right. just cancel uh, Marvel United and just put all that into the Gloomy, uh, Frosthaven cam- uh, campaign in my- and later this month. I think the 24th. Uh, unfortunately, I was really looking forward to it, but this was a game I thought I could be all in at 60 bucks, and now it's 190 So Man, that cha- remember when we were all excited about how cheap it started at? Yeah. We should have known better. We should have known better. Yeah, because now I'm looking because I, I haven't looked at the update in forever. And you're right, man. Ninety bucks gets you the base game, the Infinity Gauntlet, and Rise of the Black Panther, and twenty five bucks more for Enter the Spider Verse. Another twenty five for Guardians of the Galaxy. Another twenty five for Tales of Asgard, and another twenty five for the Playmat. And you could have an optional buy of cardboard locations for twenty dollars. In fact, I just canceled my pledge. Whoa! Oh man. Yeah, I mean, talking about Frosthaven, it makes way more sense for me to save this money. For Frosthaven? Or maybe to buy a new wedding band. <laughs> oh, that's actually an excellent point. Oh, yeah. man. So, yeah, canceled, unfortunately. Uh, maybe this will be a game I pick up at my FLGS uh, and get the base and then work on the expansions in the future. Okay breaking news oh man okay sorry just real quick too yeah uh so the shipping for the base game yeah is 15 it's 15 bucks yeah so then you'd be adding three five expansions on top yeah i was I'm really oh. worried about the shipping costs <laughs> uh a last question very pro- I, I was gonna say it's appropriate but it's appropriate for this podcast uh what from seth roy at seth joseph roy on Twitter, he says, or he asks, what are your favorite kind of potatoes? Kyle. That's a great, this is a great question. Do you have a, a quick answer to that? Sweet. So I was trying to figure out <laughs> no, if he meant like... <laughs> okay, because I was like, is he talking about like potato variety, way that they're prepared to eat? You know, like... Yeah. If, I don't know. Good question. If it's a regular just potato, I like sweet potatoes. If it's cooked, I like a baked potato. And in fact, I really like if you get the Get these small, um, the mini, like purple mm-hmm. potatoes. Yeah. Throw them in a, uh, soak them in, uh, throw them in a thing of water, lightly dry them, cover them, cover them in sea salt, and then bake them in the oven that way. They taste mm-hmm. so good. Do a whole, yeah. a whole tray of them. It is interesting because I'm not a huge salt fan, but man, when I bake potatoes, whew, yeah, those things get a lot of salt <laughs> on them. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, actually, I'm a baked potato person as well. I had baked potatoes this weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I really love baked potatoes. There's just something about them, and you can do they're so versatile, and you can do so much with them because you can just enjoy the potatoiness of them. Yeah. Or they can be a vessel for getting other food in your mouth. That's true. You know, they they just do they're so versatile. So definitely, I go with baked potatoes as well. Josh, I'm not gonna lie. I thought this was gonna be a short show this week, <laughs> and I clearly am wrong about that. So let's keep on moving here and get things pushed into our well-rounded life recommendations. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to leave you with one recommendation thing we're into currently that's helping us live that well-rounded life josh what is your recommendation this week sir oh well it's an easy one for me it's chef show part three 
Woo! Uh, it's excellent. It was excellent. Uh, in fact, I was very surprised and pleasantly to see Sam Raimi appear on an episode. Yeah, he did. Uh, which was a very good episode. Um, yeah, I just loved it, and it, it has re-inspired me to, to cook even more, so I've been experimenting in the kitchen more. Uh, Chef Show, great show, underrated, and now we're looking forward to Ugly Delicious this week. Yeah, this Friday, I think. So I'm excited about that as well. That'll be next uh, week's recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> like with you, I was gonna. I knew this was probably gonna be yours, so I didn't want to copy it. So I set, took some time this weekend and this week while the partner was out to watch some movies that I knew she had no desire to watch. Uh, so I sat down, and watched Parasite, nice uh, winner of obviously the Academy Award for Picture of the Year, and I will say I feel like it was deserving nice. because my goodness. That is a pretty stellar movie. Uh, it is subtitled, so you have to read it if you don't understand Korean. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you anything else about it, because Good. I think this movie is even better when you don't know really anything about it. All I'll say is that I was really surprised where the movie went. It did not go where I thought it was going, which I always... why I, Spoilers don't bother me necessarily. Um, I recognize that some people it's a big deal too. So I'm not going to share anything else about this movie. Yeah, I know Josh cares a lot. <laughs> Just watch Parasite. It's definitely worth it. Uh, yes, you have to read subtitles. It's totally okay. It's still a really great movie. So go check out Parasite. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Yes, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, and you're just not, or you're just not feeling social media, uh, please feel free to send us an email at boardwithvg at gmail.com. Uh, we tag all of our stuff usually with hashtag boardwithvg, so please feel free to do so so we can see what you're up to in the real world. Uh, and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live on PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all of the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. Reminder Metaspring, it's going on now. Please get your entry submitted by Sunday, March 8th by 11 59 p.m bit.ly slash metaspring that's b-i-t dot l-y slash m-e-t-a-s-p-r-i-n-g all lowercase we'd love to have your entry you can win awesome prizes get those entries in today as always if you have suggestions for future topics be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about and remember everyone whether it be board games or video games never stop gaming